Moncrief on News Talk. Is you all right, Paris? Because she on that gangster lane when she driving. You good? I'm good. Okay. There's no nail in it. The tire pops because his car is janky as. Okay, well, any of y'all know how to change a flat tire? This is not the 1800s. Of course I do. Uh, I do too. You got a spare in the trunk. She should. No! Damn. Damn, you f***ing Looney Tune. You got a dead body in there or something? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna call it over. It's 4 a.m. and we in the middle of the goddamn boonies. A car's coming, ladies. Do your thing. Do your thing. Oh, we gonna die. Do the other thing. Oh. That's Swarm. You can stream all episodes of season one now on Amazon Prime Video. James Dempsey uh, joins us uh, once again. Afternoon, James. Good afternoon. Uh, is this da- da- uh, oh right, Danny Glover uh, created this? Yes, Danny Glover co-created this with. Um, Janine Neighbors, uh, who is a playwright, um, you know, who wrote a bit on Atlanta, but her other credits include Watchmen, which was very well received on mm-hmm. HBO, and Away, the one-season Netflix show with Hilary Swank about a mission to Mars that was actually a bit boring. Yeah, and uh, Donald Glover has said that this is kind of to be somewhat viewed as an extension of. Um, Atlanta in a very loosey-goosey way, right? Because, it, you know, when you hear the, um, you know, the plot of this, it's nothing like Atlanta, right? Yeah. Except the kind of standalone, except in tone and vibe, right? It has something okay. something yeah. of that to it. So it's about a young woman named Dre. She's played by Dominique Fishback. And if of, of anyone... You know, this is going to be... this This has the potential to be a star-making vehicle for her because she is... The one thing that every single person can agree on. She's really, really, really excellent in this. And she plays Dre and her. Uh, she lives with her sister, Riss, uh, Marissa, played by Chloe Bailey of uh, the Bailey sisters. The other one is going to be the Little Mermaid in um, <laughs> the live action version of that. I can't remember what Hayley, I think. is it? Anyway, yes. And um, So they are living in, uh, in the US and they're huge fans. Like, And by fans, I mean super fans, stands of Nigel. And Nigel is a Beyonce sort of person. person yes, right? okay. This incredibly uh, successful, you know, pop star who has her swarm. Beyonce has the beehive and there is right, the swarm okay. here. And Dre is a very active participant in the swarm. And something happens in her life. Uh, and she's already sort of a marginalised, vulnerable kind of person. That's why so much of her life is given over to this, you know, standum, right? Uh, but something happens that sort of pushes her over the edge. And she very quickly, uh, in the first episode of Eight descends on a homicidal, <laughs> a maniacal run across the US where she seeks out people who are mean to Nigel online and offs them in increasingly violent and Okay, ways. so it's a natural, a physical extension of actually what happens online already. Exactly, yeah. right? So it is, uh, you know, when I got to this, uh, you know, because you can watch all of it now on, on Amazon Prime, um, it had already been out for a little while and it had been really, really well reviewed in many, many places. And I sat down, you know, expecting to be won over by it. And I just, I find myself on the fence just completely. Like, I just cannot, quite, I can't quite make up my mind whether I like this or not because it's one of these TV shows that is 
incredibly stressful to watch. Right. Know, right. I know what you like, mean. Yes. The whole tone is this menacing, uneasy, awkward weirdness. Right. Yeah. And like when the acts of violent co- violence come, uh, it's not that they are, I mean, they definitely are cartoonish at times, but they are, um, and they are gratuitous, but they're also kind of intimate in this really creepy way. And it's just unsettling, right? At the same time, it's also like just a beautifully made TV show in that it just looks really, really beautiful. Like it was shot on camera, so it was shot on film. It has this beautiful lo-fi kind of quality to it. Um, It has this really interesting like interplay of, you know, colours and muted and vibrant in all these different Mm. ways. The soundtrack is absolutely amazing. The way it sort of integrates... I mean, Twitter is kind of the, the you know, the medium. It's set in 2017. So the, the the medium through which Dre is, you know, is, I guess, getting her fix for her addiction to this standum is kind of very interesting in how it's played out. Uh, even just, just everything about it is just really gorgeous to look at. But then you're sort of looking at this gorgeous anxiety, right? And it just, like, it is really awkward and um, it's not fun. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, despite yeah. despite there being, obviously, moments of great comic relief, right? Like, Don, uh, you know, Donald Glover is, um, Donald Glover is a really uh, gifted comedian mm. as well as, uh, you know, musician and dramatic writer. Like, Atlanta covers the gamut of that, yeah. right? So he knows what he's doing in creating, uh, you know, a scene and there are moments of comic relief throughout but the rest of it is just so uneasy that like I, I, you know I found it I found just at times unpleasant at the same time I've just been thinking about it a lot right like it, it has really stuck with me and mm. while I'm still making up my mind on whether I like it or not I cannot but deny there are aspects of it that are really really good and there are parts of it that are really memorable and uh, and as I said, Dominic Fishback as Dre is just absolutely fantastic as this chameleon <laughs> wolf in sheep's clothing who's ready to turn into this really vicious, awful person if you just called Nigel a bad musician. Is, is, is there an overall story arc or is it just like murder of the week? Kind of <laughs> no, there's there's an overall story arc. There's a sort of like, there's a, I'm reluctant to use the term MacGuffin, but there's something that sets dray okay. off uh, along this you know campaign of of vengeance against anyone who who um who would question the the empire of Niger but in addition to that we're learning about you know as i said she's a vulnerable kind of person and has this checkered past that is doled out slowly over time so we we get as we progress through the episodes, some of her backstory, some of who she is, some of her relationship with her sister, Riss, some of her, uh, you know, why she's so, you know, why why, why Nigel means so much to her or, you know, why someone who is like a Stan, right, uh, to use that term again, um, you know, how, how, like how the kind of figure upon which they focus their absolute ardour is so significant to them. All of that is played out quite well without being necessarily, you know, mean or mean-spirited towards any fandom out there, mm. right? Like, it's not mocking or, you know, while it's obviously about homicidal fans, right? Yeah. Rabid, you know, people who are terrible online and doxing, you know, doxing next victims, you know, on online and all this kind of stuff. 
I don't think it's mean spirited towards any fandom out there. It's just uh, it's using this to tell this specific kind of story. It's it's intriguing yeah. at, at the very least. Right, our next show is ri- <laughs> maybe the opposite of that. Uh, Rise and fall every uh, weeknight at ten p.m. on Channel Four. You can catch up on all four. Here's a clip. So, two plates done, three thousand pounds earned. The next plate is cat food. <gasps> oh. Would you like to know the flavour? It's herring and seaweed. My favourite. If they complete plate number three, that will be another £5,000 added to the prize fund. So, rulers, do you want them to do another? They did that easily. Okay. Easily. I don't think be concerned because ultimately they do want to be pushed. So would you go for the third round? Absolutely. Yeah, let's go for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. New plate added, worth £5,000. What the f*** is that? It looks like a brain. Oh! Herring! Herring cat food! Look at the size of it! Look at Joanna. Look at her. Right, so this is like obviously aimed at, you know, educating people about <laughs> socioeconomic dynamics in society. That's capital, basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in 10 episodes. So this is, um, it's a new game show, you know, reality game show from the makers of The Traitors. And I really liked The Traitors when it was on the BBC because it had this really simple formula, right? You have people conniving against each other. We as the audience are omniscient. We know who everybody, what, who everybody, mm. what everyone's role is. So it's very enjoyable to watch, you know, people both try and find out who the baddie is and the baddies try and weasel their way out of it, right? It's like a perfectly complete package. It's easy to understand. And like Claudia Winkleman, I thought was just the right amount of camp yeah. for it. So the whole thing was like a really fun package and I really liked it. So much so that I've gone on to watch Alan Cumming presenting the American one and I could very easily go on to the Australian one at some point, right? This is uh, Rise and Fall in which instead of having the traitors and the villains, we have the rulers and the grafters. They're really into their binaries there, yeah. right? And in it, I think, so there's like... 15 people involved from all over the UK. At the very beginning, uh, six of them have to, you know, have to identify themselves as the rulers. They get to live in the penthouse. They get to live in the lap of luxury. They get to wear, uh, you know, the finest clothes ASOS has to offer. They get to eat. <laughs> Ooh, me right? out, James <laughs> they, get to, they get to, like, eat uh, nice food, etc., right? <laughs> Meanwhile, the grafters are living in this miserable, pokey, uh, like, dorm basement with no heating and cold water, and they only get to eat, like, potato peel soup three times a day. And then they have to do all the grafting. Mm. And by that, I mean the rulers... Can only the rulers can win the prize fund. The prize fund can be up to one hundred thousand pounds. That money is earned by the grafters taking part in essentially what are Bush Tucker trials, right? You know, right. like like that's what I'm watching here. Like particularly in one of the episodes, they had to eat pet food in increasing yeah. qu- increasing quantities and increasing dis- you know disgust, right? Mm. And while the grafters are doing that, the rulers have to decide how far to push them because the rulers decide whether they keep going or not you know, if they keep upping the ante, etc., etc., And if they up the ante, they get more money. But if they fail at any point, they lose all the money in that pot, if you get me, right? So it is a very simple, well, it's not very simple, right? It's a very convoluted uh, game show. The, the rulers, their problem is that every night, one of them will get voted out, at which point 
a a what are they called? The grafter uh, uh, will rise up to the ah, penthouse, right. okay, that's and, the, that's, and that creates yeah. the you know the tension. The tension. Yeah. You were mean to me. Now, all right, okay, yeah, I, I I get it now. Yeah, so I was all set to think again that this was going to be another silly nonsense thing, and then after four episodes, I was absolutely hooked because, of course, <laughs> it is people taking part in these silly programs. Like I have to admit, even even though I like the traitors. I used to sit watching it and they'd be going, I know it's this person for this reason, this reason, this reason. I'm so certain, you got to believe me, blah, blah, blah. And I'd be watching them going, you know nothing. You know yeah. absolutely <laughs> nothing. You are just guessing everything. And you get more of that here. I don't know if the producers feed them these lines to say at times of like the certainties that they have and the grafting, well, grafting is the wrong verb to use here. The like, you know, the the backstabbing they're going to do, all this kind of stuff. It all has, a, it, it's all a bit, it's just naff, right? The mm. whole thing is absolutely naff. The other thing I'll say about it is, um, while I, I, you know, I really liked Cla- Claudia Winkleman in The Traitors, as I said, she brings just the right pinch of camp to the show. Alan Cumming maybe overdoes it in the American version. Mm. Now, the, the presenter on this one is uh, a British radio star, Greg James. I guess I'm just not familiar enough with him, right? Because I'm not listening to British radio very often, if ever. And he, I found to be kind of like quite dry, right? He's a bit too much of like, uh, he's just a bit too straight. You know, he's just a bit too like, he's just a bit too straight-laced and like, it's just not working for the vibe of the show, which is supposed to be, isn't this silly? Yes, yes, yeah. But the challenges are silly. I mean, the first week, the very first night they had to, they were getting electroshocked. Right, like they're holding up. They have to keep the line while they're getting shocked over and over again. I mean, and like even just the one where they're eating the pet food is just disgustingly hilarious. So I can't help it. I'm into I'm into lowbrow stuff from time to time. As okay, well. there you go. Uh, lowbrow James Dempsey. Uh, right, we'll move on to our uh, our next show. A um I was going to say, a 15-part adaptation of Remembrance of Times Past. It's not. It's the Night Agents stream all of season one now on Netflix. Here's a clip. Uh, yes, go ahead. Um, night action. Uh, they, they, they told me to tell you that. Code, please. Um, pen clock door fire. Hello? Are you still there? Is this uh, Sidewinder or Gazelle? What? I, I don't understand. What street did your best friend Elaine live on? I, I, I didn't have a friend named Elaine, okay? I, who are you? Who did I call? Look, I need to keep this line open, all right? You reached the wrong number. No, 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 please, please, please. My Aunt Emma, Emma Campbell, her and my Uncle Henry are in danger. They told me to call you. Hello? Yeah, I'm listening. They're in danger. There's intruders. And I, and I think they're after me, too. Right. So uh, this is pretty bog standard spy stuff. Yeah, it's pretty. It, that's exactly it. Right. That's the nail on the head. It is a pretty bog standard spy stuff. I think it's kind of a little bit like uh, the bodyguard, uh, you know, the the, mm. the BBC Jed Mercurio one uh, meets like 24. Right. So it's set in the US and it stars Gabriel Basso who, if anyone watched The Big C, the Laura Linney show that was on a good, like, 10, 14, I don't know, years ago, 
he was her son in this and he was this really obnoxious boy but he was actually really good in that I mean that's okay. a great show it's actually yeah. on the RT player it's well worth well I haven't seen it in 10 years so if it's aged badly <laughs> was, anyway. yeah right and uh, he's now all grown up and been hitting the gym and he's playing this hunky FBI agent Peter Sutherland who at, in the very first 10 minutes thwarts a bombing of a like a on a like a subway train in in Washington DC and his reward for this is he gets kind of uh, demoted to this job as the night agent in the White House which means he sits all night in this room waiting for a phone to ring that never rings until one night it does ring not only does it ring but on the other end of the line is <laughs> Silicon Valley girl boss Rose who uh, is who has just found out that her two or that her aunt and uncle turned out to be secret agents and they have been murdered by an assassin and the assassin is trying to kill her and they gave her the number and that's why she rings rings him and this I, begins I, no, sorry who gave her the number the aunt and uncle the, okay the right spy, yeah, yeah. Ring this number. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> right and he now basically is thrust into this mystery where he's trying they're all trying to uncover why the aunt and uncle have been killed and is there a mole in the white house and uh, and that's it right and and it is the it is sort of by the numbers espionage shenanigans but I actually quite liked it, despite mm. its earnestness. Because one thing is, Gabriel Basso, now a grown-up child star, has has something about him, right? He's got this very charming quality in this role, which could be a very one-note, you know, Kiefer Sutherland role in 24. Mm. But actually, he just brings some kind of ease and charm to it. Arguably, the weakest link is Lucianne Buchanan, who plays Rose. Her just character is just not particularly well-developed, right? And she's kind of a woman who's always in peril who needs to be saved. But the action scenes come thick and fast. The you know it, um, the, the co-stars include Hong Chao, recently nominated for an Oscar for uh, The Whale, who's brilliant in everything, who they've put in the most bizarre grey wig you've ever seen. It sort of, it hit, it hit for me, right, it was like The Bodyguard, it was like uh, 24... And it was like the Americans, you know, the Americans with uh, Matthew Reese mm, and Carrie yeah. Russell with all their wigs. Because yeah. this is like another <laughs> wig show where oh, there's, great. there's two assassins uh, who are going around killing everybody and changing wigs every five minutes. And I'm always just intrigued about where they're supposed to be hiding their wigs. And in the in the few episodes I've seen, I found it perfectly good enough. And I mean that in a positive way, like it's yeah. in... This is not an amazing espionage drama. I think I already figured out. I've already figured out who the mole is, and if it is anything one else, I'll be pleasantly surprised. But all in, it's kind of just like a good, easy watch. Okay, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, after the commercial break, we will be giving out James Dempsey's email address. So you can abuse him directly <laughs> over a slagging off key for Sutherland. Uh, in the meantime, James Dempsey, thanks a million. Thank you. Moncrief weekdays at two p.m. on News Talk.